Excursus 3. The room in which we find ourselves appears by gradual suggestion, as if the light materially causes the appearance of things to be. They grow solid as the light delineates them, finding edges, and then filling surfaces with substance and color. It begins from a beam of sunlight that reveals a window, framed in the center of the stage against a vaguely opaque wall of black. When he awoke again, he wished he could forget. But there is suffering we must not forget. Helen spoke to him. The room was sunlit. Motes of dust churned in suspense in that beam of sunlight that glanced across the tabletop where he sat, on the chair in his own kitchen. He should come to recognize all he saw. Helen was explaining why she'd departed, why she should be absent when he returned. He saw, as she spoke, that her substance was transparent. While all else solidly appeared, she, like the beam of sunlight, was seen clear through, brilliantly. Heros, she told, had gone out to play with other children behind the house when Wagner came with companions and took him to the courts to try him for her crimes. In vengeance, Wagner claimed this child had cast spells. Wagner said he'd killed the righteous men who'd come for the lawful holy inquisition of sordid Marguerite to give that slut redemption. But were prevented by sardonic invocation of Satan and his minion. But even those who passed upon the guilt to the pathetic child knew it was the mother, it was Helen, who had murdered those wicked men, and not the child who, if not innocent of witchcraft, was maliciously maligned. Upon sentence, without reply to his worried gaze, to tell what punishment they meant, they took him to the gibbet where he should be hanged. He only cried when they roped his neck, then begged them for his mother. But no one pitied him, Wagner said to Helen. When brought to that place, his small corpse was let down for display. She said, therefore, she'd die to comfort him. She told him that they could not live again, and he was asleep more and more each day, and some day, she hoped, he'd stop awaking. As Helen finished, Faustus could not speak. A stone still lodged within his mouth. As Helen dissolved in air, Faustus stood, 
the old man's sack still tightly clutched. He dropped the sack. He turned into the darkened door, into his study stepped, where Mephisto stood, prepared, awaiting. Light from Faustus spread like snowy mist, traced contents of the open space and filled the room, and outlined every item and edge and splashed on every detail with its spray of liquid light, all substances restored. The whole room appeared as he had left it, M said he knew that Faustus knew about all that had occurred. He would not trouble him with lengthy excursus. Having died, he said, you shall have learned that nothing matters more than living. So, would you like to live again? Mephistopheles grinned. But Faustus did not speak, for the stone lodged in his mouth. Ah, Yes, he said. The old man knows. Did he not tell you? Did he not teach the one thing that no one can teach? M sniffed distractedly. Do you smell sausages? Faustus stared. M grinned. Have you seen Marguerite? She's here somewhere near. Perhaps your famulus Wagner has found her yet again. In her closet? Naked for them? She comes out at dinner time to serve his lecherous friends. Do you still want her for a wife? Here, Faustus, have a sausage. And waggled it before him. Faustus swallowed the stone. Oh, you want your resurrection. Are you wise, weary, and resigned? He faced Faustus and spoke severely. No, no, Faustus, it's too late. For by our contract at your death, I may claim your soul to take. The light became the day, complete. 